0: minds are so powerful that what we focus on reverberates through every aspect of our lives. So why not see what happens when we put our attention on all the good things people are doing? Join me for the good with Teresa G as we start a ripple effect by focusing on all the greatness in the world. Inman quit her corporate America job over five years ago when she realized it wasn't suitable for living a healthy and happy military wife and mom life. Instead, she ventured into the online world and started working from home as a virtual assistant. She found success quickly and couldn't believe that this simple, low-entry-level virtual career was completely unknown to other military wives, moms, travel, or freedom seekers. Then Esther and her family experienced some major hardships, which I'm going to have her talk about. Esther didn't let those challenges hold her back. She not only surpassed the adversity, but is now thriving and teaching thousands of other people to thrive through a program called Virtual Assistant Internships. I invited Esther on because her energy is just, well, you will see here, and because there is something to learn from her grit and her focus. Welcome, Esther. Thank you
1: so much. It's so weird to hear you read that about, like talk about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> is that What's weird about it? Um, I think that when, you, when you're when you in the middle of the journey and you're in the middle of the story, having someone do an outside perspective like that, they're like, oh, that, like the words that you attribute to me, I'm like, oh,
0: okay. <laughs> you just don't <laughs> see yourself like that. <laughs> that is funny. And I have to tell everyone, I was just telling Esther this, that I, I was cruising through Instagram and I found her profile and I just loved her, the colors, her energy, the vibe. And I started following her and I, I had no interest in becoming a, a virtual assistant in any way. Um, I just love, she's, she lives in Bali. Just You should go check out her Instagram page. So you'll get what I'm saying. You'll get it. So I'm starting, I'm following her and I'm like following her story. And then all of a sudden I start, I'm like, maybe, maybe I need to become a virtual assistant. I, you know, I am never, I I don't need to become a virtual assistant, but this sounds like maybe this is what I need to do. And I'm telling all my friends and my sisters about it. I'm like, this virtual assistant, you're gonna go see this lady on Instagram. And everyone's like, wow, a virtual assistant? Well, let's check it out. (laughs) I I love it. I had to invite you on the show.
1: (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for having me. And I love that by just me being myself on Instagram, it's uh, (laughs) helping
0: people. It's very powerful to find authenticity. Yes. And very rare
1: in the world of Instagram and online influencers.
0: Right. Exactly. So, um, you know, who knows? You guys, I might become a virtual assistant. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up an episode... (laughs) So who knows, but we will, if any one of you guys want to become one, we'll have links for you on my website and on her website um, after this show. So you're in Bali right now. Yes, ma'am. How is that today? How is the weather there? So I I went traveling for the
1: last five weeks or so. And when I left, the weather was perfect. It was not really that humid. It was really, really breezy and lovely, but it was high season. So there was a lot of crowds. And now I get back and there's no crowd, There's like hardly anybody here, which is awesome. My favorite time of year, but I came back and it's super duper humid, but we haven't quite hit rainy season yet. So it's like, we don't get the rain to cool us off. It's just the humidity keeps building into nothing but misery. So it's not the best (laughs) weather, but I still love it. And you still can you know, scooter around and enjoy the sunshine and walk on the beach. You just got to go, you know, not in the middle of the day.
0: (laughs) Well, that's good to know because I always think of Bali as like perfection weather-wise. So that's not the case, huh? I've romanticized it.
1: It's pretty great. Like it stays in the 80s to 90s if you're a Fahrenheit person year round. It's just that certain times of the year, it's way more humid than other times of the year. And if you don't like humidity, then it's definitely not for you. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, good to know. So let's start off with you telling everyone a little bit about your story and this what happened to your family and what you guys went through, that sort of catapulted you into this virtual assistant business. Yeah.
1: My story used to just be corporate girl quits her nine to five to start work on my as a virtual assistant because my husband was actively worrying for. I had a three-year-old who was three at the time. And, you know, I loved my job. I really didn't hate it. It was okay. It was fine. I loved that I had my own identity outside of being a military spouse and mom. Like I had my own thing going, which I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But what I did not enjoy was this hour-long commute every morning, dropping my son off right when daycare opened. He came up right when they closed, seeing my entire paycheck go to said daycare and just being away from our family. My husband was gone all the time. Like all the time I was single parenting, solo parenting. And so that really wears on you and it's not sustainable. Single moms out there, holy moly, they deserve so many awards because it's a crazy juggling act.
0: Completely. And
1: Yeah. And so after doing that for a few years, I just couldn't do it anymore. I was miserable. I was crying all the time. I was really depressed because your life is wake up, get your kid out the door, drop him off at sunrise, commute, (laughs) sit in the office all day and with no windows, I don't even see the sun, leave, commute an hour back, pick him up right when they're closing, do dinner, do bath time, get him in bed. And then like, maybe you have half an hour to an hour before you pass out yourself. And that is not a life that we were meant to lead. That is, I just was realizing that I can do so much more and that God must have more for us as human beings, whatever you believe in the God, the universe, whatever, it has more for us than just doing that until you die. And so that was my story. I quit and I started, I found my first virtual assistant job. It was about 30 hours a week. I made about 25 an hour. By the time all was said and done, I ended up making pretty much the same that I was making in corporate because I was able to pull my son out of daycare and kind of work around his schedule. Nice. But most importantly, I was so much happier. So that was kind of the story. We just went along with that. I started helping women work online because so many people were asking me about it. So that's when my company, Virtual Assistant Internship, launched. I launched like Program 90 ABA, which like teaches the skills and helps girls get jobs that all happened during that. But then the rest of the story happened. (laughs) And my husband's Marine Corps contract was just getting towards the end. He was finishing 10 years. He actually really wanted to do the full 20, but unfortunately he'd had what we now know was multiple head injuries and was suffering from a traumatic brain induced psychosis. So my husband basically completely lost his mind and turned into a person that I did not know. He didn't really want to participate in our family. He didn't want to do, he didn't want to leave the house. He
0: was not very nice.
1: (laughs) He just wanted to shower, drink beer and play video games.
0: Did that happen overnight or was that sort of gradual?
1: It felt
0: like overnight,
1: but it was over a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, It just got worse and worse. I mean, We, him and I have agreements about what I'm allowed to talk about and what I'm not allowed to talk about. But Mm -hmm, if you think of somebody who's, yeah, if you can think of somebody who's undergoing a psychosis, you can imagine the types of things that they're doing, seeing, hearing, afraid of, experiencing. And that was what happened to him. And unfortunately, it takes time to get a diagnosis, it takes time to figure out what the medications are best for. Sometimes, one doctor puts you on these meds, another doctor puts you on these meds and they don't quite play together and it can make your symptoms worse. Mm. And that is what happened with him. And so he couldn't work anymore. And this was over the course of like a year. First of the symptoms really appearing and then us trying to figure out what was going on. He was in and out of hospitals. It was just dad. And during that time I was still able to work. I was so thankful that I had my own income that was flexible. Otherwise we would have had nothing because when his contract ended, he couldn't go and get another job. Disability didn't kick in for like five months and Mm -hmm. we would have been completely destitute and no charities could help us because it wasn't a combat related health thing. So they were like, Oh, sorry, you don't qualify. Oh my God. And yeah, tell me about it. (laughs) So we lost our home. We had this beautiful like three bedroom, three bathroom home that we could no longer pay for. We had to move into a one bedroom apartment I had this really cute Lexus SUV that I watched get repossessed in the middle of the night because I couldn't make the payments anymore. And we had enough income that we were able to move into a one-bedroom apartment and not be completely homeless. But it was a really, really, really hard time. And meanwhile, during all of that, my husband is still sick and in and out of hospitals and we have no idea what's going on with him. And I can't like leave him alone with my son because we don't know what's going on. It was awful.
0: Yikes. Yeah, yikes.
1: The doctors recommended that it was no longer safe for me and my son to stay there with him anymore until he got more settled. And so um, my son and I had to leave and he was really at the bottom of the barrel at this point and I did not think he was going to get better. He wasn't taking ownership of his health. It seemed like he was just kind of in this pit. So I was like, all right, well, that's the end of our marriage. Like I've been working on it for a year and it's not getting any better. It's just getting worse. So I decided that this is the opportunity that I can turn into something positive, or we can just kind of see how it goes with him and maybe get back together. And it wasn't really a safe or healthy um, environment. And but I used the opportunity instead, and that is when we moved to Bali. So my son and I started traveling, and we landed in Bali. We really liked it. My husband was very supportive of all of this, and we were planning to get divorced, honestly. So we were separated for a full year, and he was like. I'm taking care of myself, so I totally get that you need to go do you. So, um, and thank you for taking care of our child. Wow! <laughs> so we went and based in Bali, and we've been here for the last three years.
0: How? Why did you choose
1: Bali? There's a saying that you don't choose Bali, Bali chooses you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's very true. (laughs) I had the opportunity to do some work at a few retreats teaching digital marketing and social media. And so I took that opportunity and I knew that if I liked it, I would like to stay. And there's a really big digital nomad entrepreneur community here. So it's a great place to be if you want to get connected and build some community when you're starting over or like in a situation like mine. Lots of people here that have come from situations similar where they've gone through a big trauma and they're trying to kind of start over. Hmm. And I can end the story and say that a year after living here, no, a year after we separated and left, my husband finally got more stable, got on good medication and a great treatment plan. They figured out what was going on with him and ended up coming back out to Bali to win me back and pull our family back together. And he did. And we're now pregnant with a baby. <laughs> So the end of the story is very positive. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. during that time, I also have built like a multiple six-figure business, despite all of the trauma and the difficulties that we went through over those few years.
0: Yeah. I was going to ask you, what inspired you during all of this to start the virtual assistant internship business?
1: Um, It first started when I'd been working as a VA for about a year. So it was after I quit my corporate job, like six years ago. And I had so many women asking me about how to work online. So that's why I just started mentoring with Steve Gormals. I didn't think it was going to turn into anything. And then it did. And it just, I kept having people ask me and I said, well, I, you know, I have these skills training and I have referrals for people all the time if you want to join. And now it's turned into like over a 20 video course. We have over a thousand students, but I can say that we've helped a lot of people work online. So I'm really happy. But for me and my journey with that program is I couldn't always focus on it because I was still working. I kind of graduated from being a VA and I was running my own online course agency, building courses for other people. And I was making great money doing it. So I kind of had to focus on what was gonna pay the bills to keep the lights on because I was a single parent now, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially during that time. And so my course kind of fell by the wayside. And I had a lot of mindset issues. I still ran it for the current students, but I didn't really promote it. I never put money into ads, like I just kind of, oh, it's like a fun little side project. So it was actually a mindset thing for me to go through and say, hey, I actually could do this full-time. And running something like this at the scale that I would love to help women at is going to take, like, it can be a full-time job. And so it took time for me to be able to do that. And I had to get our marriage and family more stable before I could 100% focus on it. But it was definitely a journey. Who
0: should join your 90-day virtual assistant program? And what will they gain from it?
1: Yeah. So 90 Day VA is the program and it's really for anybody who isn't happy in their current career and wants to do something different, but don't really have online work skills, the stuff that people are paying good money for online. It's for moms. It's for people that want to continue their travels. So I have lots of people here in Bali that are like, I want to stay in Bali or I want to keep traveling. And <laughs> I need help to make money online. So it's people like that. And then also for military spouses, that's where I originally created it for. And we still have tons of them because they need a portable career. Something that just because your spouse is moving every two years doesn't mean that you have to. So it's for moms,
0: mm-hmm. military
1: spouses, travelers, or just anybody who's like, I don't want to do this corporate crap anymore. I either want to be my own boss or I want to work in a niche that I'm passionate about. So people that are really into yoga and wellness, well, you can work with businesses in the yoga and wellness industry, and it's way more fun. (laughs) Um, And you're getting to do all kinds of stuff for them as kind of their right-hand person. So it's much more fulfilling and it also works with whatever your life schedule is throwing at you.
0: Sounds wonderful. (laughs) So what was the biggest lesson you have learned by surpassing the hard times and creating a life that you once dreamed of?
1: The biggest thing is just not giving up because I think what happens is that we have these hardships come up. The launch didn't go as well as I thought it would be. I didn't hit my income goal this month. This person told me I couldn't do it. My, hu- I have to leave my husband and start all the way from over. And so all of those things can derail you from this journey, this purpose, this thing that you know you're supposed to be doing deep down inside of you. I realized early on, and this is what sustained me because I wanted to give up and have cried so many times, (laughs) is that the only difference between me and the people that I was looking up to in the industry who had these super successful female online businesses that I just thought were so amazing, was that they went through crap too. They'd gone through hardships as well. The only difference was that they never gave up compared to everybody else. And so that was what kept me going is just keep getting up, keep doing the movements, even if you don't feel like it because you feel crappy because you're going through whatever you're going through. But keep going, keep showing up to the best capacity that you can. Give yourself grace. Some days are better than others. (laughs) Some days my Instagram stories are awesome. Other days I'm sick and going through something and can't show up like I would want to, but I still am showing up and mm-hmm. not stopping. And that just keep going. That is the best thing I can tell people. And I wish I'd heard that more when I was a young, early entrepreneur and struggling. You didn't hear it enough. And so I thought I was the only one. <laughs> you're not the only one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the only difference between people who have multiple six and seven figure businesses that you're looking at to some people are like, I just want to make like $2,000 a month, homegirl. girl. That is fine. Like that is completely possible. But just like in a normal job, you have crappy days, Same thing for when you're building something, you're going to have bad days. And it just depends on if you pick up and keep going or
0: not. And on those bad days and those really low moments, how do you keep yourself inspired to keep going?
1: I'm going to say I'm a spiritual person, but I'm not like woo-woo spiritual going to like a singing bowl circle, although that's (laughs) fine if you're into that. (laughs) I mean that I was raised believing in God, having a close relationship with God, and I I don't like to say that I'm a Christian because I feel like I've traveled the world and experienced so many world religions, and that Christians get a bad name. So that's why I just say like spiritual. <laughs> but for me, journaling and doing quiet time every morning and reconnecting to what my purpose is and saying what those and just writing out what those anxieties are, what those fears are. And starting to practice better mindset practices. Another thing people don't talk about how much your mindset and learning how to talk to yourself and have work through fear, work through imposter syndrome, have the positive voices start to take over the negative brain pathways that we have. So this is all like science. It's not just woo-woo or weird spiritual crap. It's actually real science and learning how to work through that stuff is what helped me keep going. It, just, it was just practical, like journaling every single day, whatever I was feeling that day, the anxieties, reconnecting to what. what is my purpose? What are the things I'm supposed to be doing? Okay. What is the stuff I need to do just today, just to work towards that? And then working on mindset stuff. And there's so many books and so many resources that you can read to help with that.
0: Mm-hmm. And we talk about mindset a lot on this show. Do you have like a vision board or you have long-term goals? So when you're talking about reminding yourself what your goals are, do you create like long-term goals for, let's talk about your business specifically. Did you have long-term goals written down? What I did was, I will tell you, and that's what I tell my students to do. Six years ago, I started planning
1: out what my ideal day would look like. That is the exercise that I did. And then I based goals around that. So how do I want to feel? What do I want to do during the day? What do I not want to do during the day? And I'll tell you that my life in that dream day looked like it does now. I wake up when I want. I have somebody watching my kids or helping them get out the door to school because I like couldn't be bothered to do that. <laughs> I love my kids, <laughs> but I also love sleeping and my business. And there's like certain monotonous activities to be a parent that I feel like I can outsource. <laughs> and I do. Mm -hmm. I don't want to cook. I don't want to clean. I don't want to run mindless errands. I want to focus on my business and I want to have family time and be fully present in the family time instead of trying to cook and get the kids to bed and oh, let's spend some time together. And so that is the type of day that I created. And that is, and then I was like, I also would love to travel as much as we want and maybe even have like nannies travel with us because at the time I was imagining that I was going to be like a solo parent or my husband would also be working or something like that. So I knew that we kind of need some help And that is exactly the life that I've put together. And so I made goals based around how I wanted my day to be, how I wanted to feel, what I wanted to do and not do. And then the business goals kind of always relate to that. I set yearly goals. I set quarterly goals. I do it with my team now. Um, We set financial goals, but it always comes back to that. So like right now I'm pregnant, I'm trying to prepare my body is more tired now and I'm going to go into a season of taking a maternity leave from my business, which is like mind blowing that I can do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I've had to, I want to cut my hours down. And so that's what I've been working on. That is a goal for me and my team is to get my hours way cut down. And then my goal is that I'm not working during the first three months of my maternity leave. And so now we're able to base goals around that. So like your goals change as your
0: life changes. And that is the power of visualization though. Absolutely. That's so awesome. You know, just sitting there and imagining what your life t- can be will create that life. If you do it consistently, like Esther's taught, and I've, I've done this myself where even just in a year's time, just the visualizing what I want. And then you just look back and you're like, wow, <laughs> that is amazing because I've just visualized what I wanted and now this is what it is.
1: Yes. And I think that it helps you to figure out what to spend your time on because you know if it's going to take you closer to that goal or not. So it kind of becomes this filter of how you should be spending your time, because is this helping me get closer to that ideal day, this visualization that I have for myself, or is it not?
0: The other day you posted about confidence and how that it is actually created by separating the truth from the lies we are told through marketing, peers, and society. Can you talk a little bit more about that with us?
1: This has been a crazy journey and I've just been sharing kind of as I've been going through the journey with my audience here and there, but as somebody who has always been quote overweight, I mean, I was telling Ben, my son, when I was his age, I was teased for being fat and he just was like, why, why can anybody do that? He couldn't understand the concept, which made my heart so heavy. Mm, yeah. He's like, well, people can't help if they have some
0: fat. It's <laughs> like, that's my <our> son. <laughs> exactly. <is preaching. laughs> so, but I've been. It's always so teased. clear when they say it. <laughs> I know. I know. I grew up being
1: teased. I was always bigger. And I'd been on diet since I was 13 or 14. Coming out of American culture and moving to Asia, my perspectives changed a lot because I wasn't hearing. And seeing on my social media and on TV and in the magazines, like you do not realize how much the diet culture has controlled women in Western culture, especially America, until you're kind of removed from it. And then it's shocking. It's like, oh my gosh, we're just being fed this marketing crap to try to get us to buy all these things and to buy into this fat shaming culture and try to be like everybody else. It's this whole weird thing going on. Mm. So once I was out of that. I started to be able to separate what was marketing messaging, lies that, I was, that had been embedded into my brain because of that marketing messaging over years and years. And so I was able to kind of start to unravel what those lies were, what the truth was about my body and about who I am and that it's just a shell <laughs> and about fat shaming culture and just there's a lot of stuff that's in there. And so I started plus side modeling as well when I moved to Bali. A lot of people do modeling here because it's such a small island. And so the brands are like, hey, we're doing a photo shoot. We need people that look like this. Can anybody come? And then you just go and do it. And then you're like on these super famous Instagrams. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Wow. So it's just really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a few shoots like that. And when I saw the photos come back, I also started to realize how much the right pose, the right outfit, the right photographer the right editing can make people look. So that was a big wake up call for me. And it also made me realize that I really am beautiful and that my shape and my body is beautiful. And everybody's beautiful. Yes, you beautiful. are. You <laughs> totally are. It just depends on all those factors I said. And so that helped me as well. Yeah, so I think between those two things, it just started really changing my perspective. And you know, I had a fear of showing up on something like an Instagram like an Instagram story because of my size, because I was afraid that people were going to just make fun of me. (laughs) And so I had to get over all of it to be able to show up. And now I'm honored to be able to use it as an opportunity to share that message because anybody can be successful and anybody can do anything. It doesn't matter about what your body looks like.
0: And when you talk about it from the view of like living in Bali and how it's so different there, it makes me wonder if it's almost like it's a, a movement of taking away our power as women and, and having us put so so much energy on our weight when we could put, be putting our energy in dreams and goals and, and what we really want in life, because the weight is just the physical, you know, it is just our vessel, but it has nothing to do with what's going on with us spiritually and our essence, unless we're just living for this weight management you know? Yes,
1: exactly. The amount of energy that we have put into diet culture and on ourselves as primarily American women is insane. Think about all that time put into building the thing that you really want to build. Now, I still believe that taking care of ourselves to some capacity so that we can do the bigger purpose that we're supposed to do because your body's falling apart that you can't fulfill your purpose. Fine. But that looks different to everyone. It does. True. Everybody's different. And so we can't say, well, as long as you're healthy, then it's fine. Well, what does healthy mean to you and what is healthy mean to me? It's really none of your business how much I exercise or don't exercise if I eat carbs or don't eat carbs this week. Like, It is amazing how much we obsess about it and how much when you release it, it gives you so much space, both in physical time and emotional energy to be able to focus on the thing you're supposed to do. And I totally agree with you about it being oppressive. it's exactly the word I was like, man, people are really using this to keep women down, like to really just keep us obsessed with this stuff so that we don't go and do the thing that we really need to be doing.
0: So, you know, what a powerful moment for all of us here together because we're talking about it. And why not the next time you have that thought go across your mind that, oh, I'm fat or I don't look good today or I need to go on a diet. I need to get more strict. I need to, this whole thing that culturists has told us as American women specific, especially, I'm sure it's global, but I feel like it's really strong in the U.S. Why don't we just face it and say, nope, I don't live by that anymore. Absolutely. And see where that takes us uh, as women and using our power to say no and see where we can put our energy instead.
1: Mm -hmm. And there's also a really great movement called the intuitive eating movement. There's a lot of really great books about it and you can fill your social media With people of all different sizes and the same kind of messaging of what I was talking about, that I think can really help as well. Because then you're not just like that one crazy friend in your friendship circle who's like, I'm not on diets anymore. And they're all, what? You're crazy. You're going to get fat. So if you can surround yourself (laughs) with some positive stuff like that. And there actually is a lot of science behind the intuitive eating movement, it will help a lot to put what I've just said into more perspective as well.
0: I love it. I love it. It's a great takeaway. What would you tell someone who is just starting to build their empire right now?
1: I would reiterate what I said before of not giving up and finding that ideal day and how you want to be spending your time, because that's an important thing. I would also say that one thing I find is that a lot of people struggle because like, well, I have kids right now, or, oh, I have this full-time job, or, oh, I'm busy running my agency and I don't have time for this other thing that I really want to be doing. And so two things I would say to that is one, honor the place that you're at right now in your life. So when my son was young, I could only work X amount of hours. That was it. That was all I could do and still be a present mother. (laughs) And as he's gotten older, now I can work pretty much as much as I want because he doesn't really want to hang out with me very much anymore. (laughs) But now (laughs) we're going to go into another season. I know it's super hard for right? me, and I'm going to be starting all the way to the beginning again. Right. So now I have to dump down my hours again. So honor where you're at, instead of being like, well, I have kids, I can't do anything, or I have kids. I can only, you know, how much can I work from home? And, Let me just try and squeeze in 50 to 60 hours a week while my kids are home with me. Like, that's just not possible. So just understand that we go through different seasons in our life and try to figure out what works in the laws of space and time for where you're at. And just give yourself grace and honor that that's where you're at right now. Gosh, I just really believe in the hustle for the first bit. I don't think overdoing it is wise. There needs to be an end date or an end goal. But I gave up watching TV. I gave up Netflix. (laughs) I really, really hustled for the first few years. And now I've been coming out of it and it's been awesome. It's another part Mm -hmm. of the journey, stopping the hustle. But Mm -hmm. I don't believe in doing it forever. And I don't believe in doing it so that your health deteriorates. But I do believe that there is a time where you have to push and you have to be willing to cut out the stuff that's not serving that dream, serving
0: that goal, so that you can actually achieve it. Wow, that's some great info. And cutting out Netflix. What about cutting out Instagram? Uh oh. (laughs) Well, like Instagram, I use for
1: my business, right? I don't just spend
0: time scrolling on there and like looking at crap. I
1: don't. And that's the kind of that is exactly the kind of stuff I cut out. Honestly, if it wasn't serving Mm -hmm. me and what I was trying to grow, it got cut. And of course, like my family time was important. Church to me was important because that was a place where I felt like I was getting filled. Like there was certain stuff I didn't cut, but a lot of stuff I did. And I was amazing when I started cutting out Netflix and I was like, hey, husband, I love you, but can you play video games for like an hour or two in the evenings instead of me watching stupid shows that I don't really care about? Great. Not every night, but a couple of the nights and wow, hey, there's 10 more hours a week that you're suddenly able to work on your stuff.
0: I love it. So I ask everyone that comes on the show this question, what do you do every day to help you be your very best self? I do a lot of stuff.
1: I really believe in like having good routines and caring for yourself. It was something I learned again, leaving American culture where there's all this stuff about like morning routines and self care, but there's also (laughs) a lot of crazy busyness, rush, rush, rush. Don't miss anything. Like it was really hard to actually put into practice. I still try to do a morning journal time and I write out my to-do list for the day, but I also just try and do like free flow writing for about three pages This is called Morning Pages, and I learned it from a book called The Artist's Way, and it's also something that Tim Ferriss, the guy from the four hour work week talks about as well. Mm-hmm. I will my kind of coffee and ease into the day. <laughs> I also am a big proponent of sleep. So I sleep, I mean, especially since I've been pregnant and getting ready for pregnancy. Like I got off of birth control and I was just exhausted. <laughs> my body was going through a lot of weird hormonal stuff, but I've had to prioritize sleeping. And so that's, but, but I'm much more functional and get a lot more done in the few hours that I can work rather than like sacrificing sleep. And then you're just kind of not really able to work to your utmost potential during the hours that you have. So getting enough sleep, I think is really important too. Yeah. Those are like my two things that I for sure do every single day. Uh, the rest are kind of like odd. Like I have massages once a week. I make sure to make that a priority. I if my back hurts and then I can't work. So it's actually really important. I go to the gym three times a week with my husband and make a date out of it. I try to have a green smoothie every single day. Just, you know, Fiber and greens is good for your energy and your body. There's like other things that I do, but it's kind of intermittent throughout the week as well. But for sure, every day I do those pages and I make sure I get enough sleep.
0: (laughs) Well, you're the first one that has come on that has mentioned journaling first thing in the morning, I think. Am I right, guys? So that is awesome. And I am definitely going to think about incorporating that into my life and then visualize, you guys, let's just use this. Powerful insight that Esther talked um, about just visualizing what we want our future to be. And it doesn't just mean what we want our future, our individual future, but our future as a planet and as a whole. We can visualize what we want. So thank you so much, Esther, for coming on. You are so awesome. I love you. <laughs> Aww, <laughs> and thanks I'm for so having thankful. Yeah. So thank you so much. And everyone, you have a great day. I'm Teresa Gabrielle, and you've been listening to The Good with Teresa G. You can follow The Good with Teresa G on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you haven't yet, go to the Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation. Thank you for listening.